I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. It's so nice to be talking to you. You too. Thank you, everyone, for your patience because we missed our last episode because I was very unwell. I'm still not, you know, 100%, but I'm getting there. I've got some medication that means the room isn't spinning as much as it was doing. But thank you. We When we came back to doing this show, I was like, I just want to be consistent. And I was, I hope, I'm going to share this just in case it makes anyone else feel better when consistency isn't always possible. And then I felt so crappy that we missed an episode. And then I was like, it doesn't matter. Like we've done, I think we've done like six episodes up until that point. Like maybe not, I'm making that number. We've done a big chunk of episodes up until that point and we're coming back today and it's like, it's okay sometimes if your schedule has to be flexible or if something changes because a human thing happened to you, it's just, yeah, we beat ourselves up for the craziest things. And it, the most important thing is just getting back on the horse. So that is my ramble at you for the start of this episode. <laughs> It's a good reminder though, it's practicing what we preach, right? You would not hesitate to tell a client that it was okay for them to prioritize their health and, and skip a week, but harder to do sometimes for ourselves. Yeah, and if you are ever listening to this show and you're like, I wish there was more content from Jen and Sarah, there is. We literally just hit publish last week on our second private podcast episode where we kind of share. We literally just have a business bestie chat out loud. On it was the a juicy one actually last time. I was getting on a bit of a rant, I seem to recall. <laughs> We just share, we just talk about what's been going well in our business, what hasn't been going well, what we're working towards. If you just want to feel like, if you want all the juicy behind the scenes, number one, or number two, if you just want to feel less alone in the messy middle of it all, we do a private podcast every month showing all the behind the scenes. It's £6.50 a month to get the private podcast. It's like the lowest ticket thing we've ever done in our business. Yeah. There's also, um, you can also get your own personal private letters episode if you want to pay the highest tier, or you can pay for a year, or you can join us month by month so if you want more content from us more behind the scenes um come on over and join us on the private podcast the for the paid tier the link will be in the show notes but our goal is to still have ep- new episodes public episodes every couple of weeks for you fingers crossed yes. if nothing else crazy happens to one of us this isn't going anywhere life depending life life allowing and i still like i think there's so much we can do with the with the private paid area like there's so sure. much more I'd love to do with it when we have capacity to sort of expand that community element and what we play with in there so come and be a founding part of it <laughs> okay shall I read out today's question yes it's Substack related I think it is it's very exciting this is my client Lisa actually sent this in so hi Lisa if you're listening and Lisa says I'm hanging on your every word about Substack I just can't seem to shake this question is Substack really right for my business and if so am I doing it right how should I think about it and prioritize it among the many other things I could be doing with my limited time and energy in many ways it seems like Substack is ideal for me even as my work has evolved I've always written regularly. The sort of writing I love most is the personal essay sent via email letter. I've been podcasting in different forms for years. I've used a private podcast feed to create an audio course in the past too. Substack brings all of those things together in one simple place. Also, my clients and small audience, which is a mainly underrepresented creative leaders in technology and startups, are definitely on Substack. It's such a convenient place for them to engage with my writing and podcast. Substack looks and feels like such a dream. I can do all of this seamlessly in one place. My current goal is to grow my online audience their current email newsletter and Substack are only about 200 each and make one-to-many offerings a meaningful part of your business. For the past six years, my practice has been entirely one-on-one coaching with spots entirely filled by referrals. But I keep getting tangled up in this question. Is Substack marketing for my business, a product for my business, or simply an on-the-side creative outlet? 
if I'm being honest, I want it to be all free. I love the simplicity of it being everything at once, but let's get real. It seems like there's not much hope of Substack becoming a meaningful source of revenue unless you've got a massive audience to begin with that you are transferring over from somewhere else. The typical price point is just too low to make the numbers make a real difference of a small audience. I've planned to create a course and I feel like Substack would be such a convenient place to host it, both for me and my audience, but I fear the expected price point of paid tiers is just too low. I wonder, Sarah, if you created a course about Substack, would you host it on Substack? And Jen, would you ever consider a paid Substack tier as a meaningful revenue source for your business? I see so many people writing blog posts about how they grew a big audience or big revenue stream on Substack in some short amount of time, how they quit their day jobs and now make a living just writing and creating, expressing themselves freely, supported by people who love their work. They wax poetic. Sometimes Substack is portrayed as a writer's utopia, which makes me feel skeptical. Sometimes it feels like there's a Substack gold rush going on and I'm missing out because I'm not doing something right every time I make a post I receive positive feedback via email replies that my work truly helps people that's what keeps me going but I haven't seen much growth at all from within the platform am I missing something the excitement around Substack reminds me of the old days of Etsy's quit your day job blog I drooled over that thing I was in college at the time didn't even have a day job still it was a long time before I realized that a lot of people who quit their day jobs to run bustling Etsy shops ended up with carpal tunnel or burnout because of what it took to fulfill a big influx of orders anyway I wonder if you could help put Substack in to perspective in the context of a service-based business that already includes regular writing and podcasting a business that's ready to pivot into one-to-many offerings for a person who's sort of hooked but also worried the promise of substack is too good to be true this is such a good question oh my gosh oh my gosh i want to just dive into every single word of it there's so many layers as well as like so many conversations we can have here about hosting a course on Substack, using Substack for our business, building Substack as a platform of reason. I feel like any question someone would ask us about our thoughts on Substack, we can answer in this one episode. It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to be able to send everyone to this episode if we do this question justice. So Not where do no we want to start? <laughs> Here's where I want to start because it's at the top of my mind. Lisa, you are absolutely right that there are people on Substack who are like, hey, I quit my day job with Substack in 28 days. And that's not going to be most people's experience. Most of those, if not all of those people are bringing an audience from elsewhere, even if that's from like a career in journalism and it's not an online audience, like they have some sort of reputation or some sort of contact that means that they're able to get notice straight away. The exceptions to that are if you're featured by Substack or if you write something that goes viral and those are options that are available to everyone all the time with a degree of luck and talent and hard work. And we can talk about all of those things. But yeah, for most of us, especially if we've got a different day job other than writing full time, Substack is not going to be an overnight success. And Substack's not essential and it's not for every single person. It's like as unique as you are. I always think really in the end, the platforms are just packaging, right? You have a message, you have a concept, you have creativity and ideas. Whether you turn those into Instagram posts or YouTube videos or Substack posts or tweets on X, please don't do that. But (laughs) whatever you choose is just repackaging the idea in a way that fits with the platform, right? So you get to choose where it goes, but it does sound like for Lisa, Substack is going to be a really natural place. It's a playground. Well, I feel like what I like about Substack is it's kind of a choose your own adventure. You can like, if we take how we both use it separately, we both Substack for you is an income stream, Sarah. Like yep. you, you've monetized your Substack. It's it brings in a chunky amount of recurring revenue for every month. Like Substack for you is a place to and content wise, what's it what's it replaced or replicated for you? Is it sim, is it kind of what you were doing as a blogger or what you're doing on your newsletter? A bit of both, yeah. A bit of blog, a bit of newsletter. Like blog from the old days when I used to blog, not blog as it's been dormant 
for many years and a bit kind of replacing Instagram as well, like bringing yeah. together what might have gone across multiple posts is now in a Substack post and a bit replacing Twitter with between notes and chat, like it's a place mm. to kind of have conversations with people and maybe like I would have done in the Instagram comments. Yeah, kind of a, an amalgamation of them all, which is part of what I love about it is that it's all in one place and you can kind of nurture that community in a in a more consistent way. And I actually feel like it's so funny this question's come because I just said just this week to somebody that I feel like when it works, Substack feels like I'm getting paid to have fun and to do my marketing, like just doing the marketing. Mm. What I mean by paid to do my marketing is I'm writing about the stuff I'm excited about, you know, and maybe the things I would like to do a podcast about or whatever else I'm putting them on Substack but at the bottom I also get to go hey by the way I have coaching available by the way like this class is coming up so I'm doing the content I would have done anyway like in the back in the day I'd have put that on my blog so I knew I'd promoted the course I'd have put it on Instagram so I knew I'd promoted it but now the content itself is getting valued and getting kind of I'm getting paid for that as well yeah I feel like Substack is a playground to do whatever we want with like the so we have our Substack for letters which is really fun because last time when we did this podcast we were just kind of publishing episodes and sharing them on social but the, there was a website but there wasn't really a gathering hub for it whereas now we publish episodes and we can connect people in the comments which I really really love and that was my first step into Substack and then I started my own which is called conversations I have with myself and I kind of just use my Substack as a place to write the things that don't really exist anywhere else because all my other content is quote-unquote content marketing so my podcast my newsletter like my blog post like it's all for the business if you get what I mean and I wanted Mm. to create somewhere where I could write about kind of the intersection of like life and business and creativity but in a place where it didn't lead into anything else it was just literally sharing the conversations I have with myself in my head and so I see everyone with stuff like that you can kind of do what the hell you want with it from both a content perspective because you could create audio content you could create written content you could create short and snappy posts you could create long long essays and also from a monetization point of view with letters we monetize it you know we have a really low ticket offer to get like six pound fifty a month to get a private podcast every month and then with mine I haven't monetized it and don't currently have any plans to and then for you Sarah yours is like a solid income stream in your business I think what I love about Substack is even though it's quite quite a specific structure it's actually quite an open-ended playground I think to do whatever the hell you want with it's a publishing platform more than anything and it's a publishing platform with community naturally built in which is what I really like about it you don't really get that elsewhere because on social channels these days it's just too chaotic I think to really find community there yeah absolutely and what I know from behind the scenes as well as although it was absolutely started just for writers it was to make writing pay for writers they're very aware that it's actually got potential far beyond that scope and that people who are not self-identified writers are going to want to use it in this way so when I say you're kind of getting in early with Substack still even though it's been around for quite a while you're still getting in early because it's still just finding its feet and I know they've got lots of plans for things like video and multimedia to be on there so it's only going to give you more options more play equipment in the playground more ways to play and I think in the way that when I first talked about Instagram like it used to be so rare that someone was on Instagram in real life. If I heard someone in a cafe mention Instagram, I'd be like, oh my God, are you on Instagram? And that was when I started the Insta retreat. The people who were on it, we loved it. We were obsessed with it. But everybody else outside of that sphere didn't know about it. That's kind of where Substack's at right now, right? Like most people you know have not heard of Substack. Most people are not following people on Substack on the offline world. 
and it has the potential to become as ubiquitous as Instagram. So finding your feet with it now is the long game, I think. You know, it, maybe it's not going to be an overnight success like some of those people you're seeing. Maybe it's not going to be a revenue stream right away for everybody. But can you start to build something there that has a foundational feel for how you want to show up? And can it replace some of your content marketing? Can it replace some of your just content? Yeah, I could feel like it can do, it can, it, but to me, my Substack feels like sacred space. And what I mean by that is like, every, and I, so I called my Substack conversations I have with myself because I wanted a place that was not content marketing <laughs> because every, yeah. my first post I wrote for Substack was called, am I a writer or a content marketer? Because I kind of wanted to explore like how it felt like when every piece of content that I was writing was to like promote my business, I kind of felt like I'd lost a muscle. And so for me with my subject, like that's where I write things that don't exist anywhere else. But Sarah's so right. You can, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. You can do like long form explorative writing pieces. You can promote different things that you're offering. You can give behind the scenes. Like it's a playground for us to define for ourselves. And I think the people... I don't, I've not had anyone say to me like, oh, I hate being on Substack. Like no one says No, that. no, everyone's excited to be there. But also I would argue like whether you intend it or not, Jen, the stuff you're writing on Substack is marketing your business. Exactly. Ex no, completely. Yeah. Because people get to know you and they're like, oh my God, she understands chronic illness. She understands my financial confusion at the moment. Whatever it is you're writing about, there'll be people who that makes just trust you enough to want to be, want you to be their coach. Oh, completely. And it's, and it's, and it's the only flip in my mind is, is that it's a, really, it's giving me an outlet just to write and not, I'm, when I'm on Substack, I'm writing as Jen, like Jen, the human being. And when I'm writing for my own podcast or for my own newsletter, I'm writing as Jen, the business guide. It's, it, I'm literally, even though those are the two, the same people, like when I'm writing for my, for my content marketing within my business, I'm I'm writing as if I'm the person who's sitting on a call with a client. Does that make sense? So yeah, so interesting. I don't know if I have that delineation in my mind. I think I'm just always the mishmash of both. So for me, it's this boundary of when I'm holding space for a client or for my content or for my program, I'm so focused on the client. So I'm not taking up a lot of space myself. Does that make sense? Like if a client asks me a right, personal yes, question. Yes, yeah, so you're putting your... But it's all, it's focused on them. Whereas the Substack is my place to to tell more stories and share more of what's going on in my mind without wonder, without like being like, oh, I'm in coach guide mode in that moment. And, and it's, it's mm -hmm. if it sounds messy as I explain it, it's because it is messy. Because really, I think, I think if you ask my clients what they like about me is how yes we get very focused and I hold space for them but also we build beautiful relationships and friendships together as well and we we laugh and we share personal things so of course so it, I think in some ways for me Substack felt like a way to come back to life and get out of the mold of business coach on the internet if you know what I mean because that just felt a bit like bullshit to me at some point like I don't want to be that person but yeah yeah I know um, we were talking earlier Simone Grace Sales just started a personal Substack about like just just about things she wants to write about and I'm seeing a lot of people do that just kind of this sense of like hey maybe I can like start something brand new and not ask anything of it I think when you you're so used to kind of monetizing your life and your Instagram and all of the things like having something that's just for you can feel like such a luxury yeah and also if you take letters 
I am so glad when we came back this time we put it on Substack. It is so we a podcast is really hard to connect with the audience because it exists in the app. But we've been able, we get able to connect to people every episode now in the comments, and that has been like for any podcasters listening to this. If you want a podcast in a way where you can expand on what you share and connect with people and create additional content alongside it, um, like I was saying to Alex the other day, Sarah, Alex is my husband and our podcast editor, and I was like, there's so many questions that we'll just never be able to get to in every single episode but if and when I have more spoons I'd love just to record like an audio note in response to a question and just stick that up on the Substack feed yes um and like, like you can play it, it allows a podcast to be more than just like the old-fashioned formula of what a podcast has to be so I really I'm so glad that we did the podcast on Substack because it has such fresh life that we didn't have with it last time and I think like traditional podcasting through COVID really shifted, right? We saw it become this thing that like now they're all studio productions, all the top charts are just full of like high budget ones. It's no longer like the kind of kitchen table cottage industry. And it can be like, I'm certainly not saying if you're thinking of starting a podcast, please still do it. It absolutely will still get listens. But I feel like now we need somewhere else for those podcasts. And Substack feels like a really natural place where they're promoting it you get the kind of word of mouth promotion. And maybe this is what we need to talk about now is, you know, how do you grow on Substack? Why is it any better than just having a podcast and email newsletters and a blog? Like as, as Lisa said, she's already doing all those things. So why move it to Substack? Why is that going to be duplication? And so the biggest advantage in that sense for me is sub- on Substack is that because the community is there, you get to grow through word of mouth, you get to grow through recommendations, you get to grow through algorithms, like it's all kind of happening in sync all at once. So if you think back to the early, early days of blogging before social media existed, but when blogs were huge and everyone had favorite blogs that we'd go and follow, how did they get discovered? How did you know to like read the Cherry Blossom Girl? And it was normally other blogs would write and recommend them. They might be on like the blog roll, which was the links of a blog that you liked. They recommended other ones they liked. It might occasionally be a bit of press and it might be the comments. So you'd see someone comment and you click to go and look at their blog in return. And then you'd kind of build a network that way. It was like really word of mouth, really organic. And all of those things exist, but they exist within Substack. So now instead of having to like remember a blog or remember a person, you can just click subscribe and then you automatically get the notifications. So it's like that old system, but on speed. Yeah, I mean, that is how we both built audiences. That is how I built my audience Back in the day. a decade ago. Yeah. It was commenting on other blogs and sharing other people's blogs and being recommended on other people's blogs. And so if it helps to get both our landscapes. So I have, within my content ecosystem, I have my newsletter list still like that, an independent mailing list. And then I have a podcast, a blog, and then I have a Substack. Sarah, do you still have your own email list or is everything through Substack for you now? No, so I still have my own email list. This is one of the things that, is still kind of clunky because you don't get GDPR permission when you write for Substack, so, which means it's not really, you can't sell, you can't market through it in the very traditional sense. And you can't, there aren't really any automations so that you can automatically sync. You know, if people sign up in one place, they sign up to another. The way I recommend for my clients right now to get around that is if you have a sign up form on your website, have one sign up form, but make it so it's got two tick boxes. And one is I subscribe to Substack and one is I also give marketing permissions and then they can go on both lists, but it's clunky. So I still have both and I'm still sort of figuring that out. I have my marketing list, which I email to. I have my Substack, which I kind of blog to. I'm moving my podcast to Substack. I just need to make time and capacity to get that switched over. 
And will that exist on your, will that exist on Entree New or will that be its own place? It's going to be on Entree New. I want everything as much as possible in one place. But the exception to that is myself and Keely have just launched the Substack Soiree, which is going to be it's the Substack answer to the Insta retreat. Like it's everything the two of us know about writing and connecting and growth and audience growth and email marketing and Substack and everything all in one. We're really excited for it. And so for that, we have built a separate Substack that people can subscribe to and we are putting out free Substack resources there. But that was mainly a bit like letters so that we had a joint place for it. And also because we do plan to run the class through Substack, which I know is part of the question in the letter today. Yeah, well, I was thinking, so the one, Sarah, if you created a course about Substack, would you host it on Substack? I mean, and it would be kind of crazy for you not to host it on Substack when you're hosting a class. So will that be hosted as like paid for content within the Substack Soiree public? Am I, am I making sense? So like, so like when someone comes to Substack Soiree page, once the class is live, will they be able to see the class modules and they'll just be behind a paywall or will it be structured differently than that? It will be like that. So you get to choose how much of that people see. Remember, you oh, can always put out paid posts that people don't know they're missing or you can kind of tease them. So it'll be, and that's going to be interesting, I think, because if we kind of like, it's the FOMO, right? Like people might be like, oh, they're doing a lesson on this today. Like I actually would really like that. It's kind of marketing at the same time as just just running it, which we've I've never played with that before. So that'll either really annoy everyone or be really interesting. And I've contacted Substack and been like, hey, just so you know, we're going to try this out. They're really interested because courses is on their agenda. Like they, they're aware. Oh, to it's build good, functionality for that. Yeah, but it's just, you know, time and, and everything else they're doing. So we're kind of doing it in liaison with Substack. They're really interested to see how it goes. And so... For that reason, I'm also going to make sure we take payment through Substack. We kind of went back and forth on this because one option is you could take payment through something else. Like I know this was part of the question, like because people are so used to the the cost on Substack being a small amount. So if you want to charge for something that's higher ticket, how do you do that through Substack? One way would be to just do it through something like a PayPal checkout and then mm. import that CSV list of email addresses of everyone who bought it as paid subscribers into the Substack. And like you can do that in, as if you're gifting them paid membership. But we really wanted to do it through Substack so that they were getting their cut because we want them to notice that it's worth it for them to do courses mm. and just to make it reciprocal and to support what they're doing because we really do. So the way we're going to try it is we're going to offer an annual, as if the annual membership, that's like buy the course outright. We're going to offer monthly installments, but just for three months. So you you sign up as if you're going to pay monthly for a year, but after three months, we stop billing and you don't get charged again. And so they will both be much higher than people are used to paying through Substack. And it'll either work or it won't, but I think with enough kind of explanation and enough context, I think it can work and the payoff is going to be so big because when it's in Substack, the community's all there, the mm. ecosystem's there. You know, if you're talking to someone in the comments and you're like, oh, I want to check out your page, you don't have to leave the platform. And so people will naturally be growing just by being a part of the course. They'll grow their audience as well as by applying the strategies in the course. It just seems to make too much sense not to try it. You'd be great. You'd be absolutely insane to not, <laughs> to not post yeah. the Substack story on Substack because it model it allows them to live within the platform a lot of times when people are getting used to platforms it's just getting used to the functionality of it and yes. existing in the course alone will build people's confidence with the platform and it's a great way to model to people how they can use it for a course it's 
genius. You'd be you'd be crazy not yeah, to. Exactly. Now I fully expect to hit a lot of snags, and I'm sure, especially on the, <laughs> the private subscribers to letters, will definitely hear me complaining <laughs> and problem solving all of that behind the scenes. But I've run enough classes on enough platforms now. Like I can see what's there. I can see it's more than enough for what we need. I'm, I'm confident that we'll make it work. And I'm really excited. Like it's a whole new way of experiencing the platform. So in answer to that, yes, I absolutely would. And I don't think there's very much really that Substack can't offer you. You can schedule posts. It's going to be difficult in terms of running different cohorts. Like if you've got people who signed up at different times, but again, it's all technicalities that that can be worked through and that's on their radar and that they want to work through as well. Yeah, it's because it's in its earlier era right now. It's still going to grow into it's just what a it's going to become. Because yeah, I feel like one of Lisa's core questions is, you know, is Substack marketing for my business, a product for my business, or simply an on-the-side creative outlet? And then she says, if I'm being honest, I want it to be all free. And I think the truth is, both answers are true. It can be all free and it also can be whatever the hell you want it to be. Like I use it mostly as an on-the-side creative outlet, but it will always still somehow be marketing for my business because I can link back to things that I'm talking about. It, it just connects me with my audience. For you- And you'll be finding new people like all the time through Substack. Exactly. And then with letters, we use it. It's basically a product for letters in and of itself. And then letters is a marketing tool for our business. So it's, it's, and it's also for us, it's like a fun creative project we do together. So it, it does, for you with your, with Entree New, how would you describe, is it, would you say it's more marketing, a product itself or an on the side creative outlet, or is it one of all three? For me, like the role it plays in my heart and in my mind is primarily creative. It's primarily like I get to write about something here and I kind of lost my way a little bit with that lately. I think once I went paid, I got in my own head a little bit and started to think, oh, I have to like, you know, people want business stuff and they want value and da, da, da. And then just this week I wrote about the French house again. And I was like, you guys want to hear about this, right? Like, is this something that's still interesting? Because that was what I, it's called Entree New because I originally was just going to write about the French house with it. And the response to that has really helped me remember that, yeah, like it can totally be a creative outlet. It can that's primarily what I want it to be and that's what people respond to the most because that's what we've lost I think Mm. you know as all these platforms Instagram and Twitter and everywhere have become more and more algorithm driven more and more about the shareholders instead of the creators where do we go to create just for the fun of creating and not kind of with strategy too much in mind and there's not many places left and so for me Substack is first and foremost it's that but because of the way my mind works I then immediately start to go I wonder like for me it's part of the creative process is like how creative can I get about like audience building and like what do people respond to and and how does this system work and how can we play around with that and so like I feel like there's room for both but what we don't want to do is recreate the mistakes we made on places like Instagram where we all ended up getting so far in our own heads that it stopped being fun. Yeah, it's really interesting. The a post I published maybe like a week or so ago, it's been like I think it's been like my most engaged post on on Substack, and it's called "When Slow Is a Requirement, Not a Choice." And I kind of just wrote about the experience of like the flares I'm experiencing at the moment in my chronic illness, and like how I'm just navigating that as a human and a business owner. And it got like the most engagement I think anything I've written on Substack has got. And it was such a reminder of everything you just said there, which is I think, and the reason I love Substack as a reader is I think we're all 
Like if we want top 10 tips to achieve this certain goal in our business, we just, yeah. we know how to find that. And we also, nothing on that list is in, is in, I learn more as a business owner and grow more from listening to people talk about their own business in a really like human messy way, more than yes. I would reading someone's 10 list post because yeah. it's within the nuance and it's within like the lived experience that we grow and that we bounce off each other. And I think what's really like given me life pouring into my own Substack is seeing that just taking up space and sharing my humanness and my stories that's what I want to read and that's what people want to read as well and what they want to connect with and I think it's such a beautiful reminder that we all want the same thing which is just to feel less alone which is what I think Substack does but we just we want to feel less alone and we want to feel entertained but in a really human simple way and we want like my my favorite type of people to follow on I love following writers Substacks because I love just getting like I love when they share like this is where I'm writing from today or like you know like authors and like I love I love how Substack just feels more human and less contrived than other places and I think it's Lisa's question like what could it be for my business I think it can be everything you want it to be and it's I'm curious for you Sarah because with Instagram with the Insta retreat obviously you really support people through the Insta retreat to find their own style on Substack on on Instagram and find their own voice but Mm. there is there is a Tell me if I'm wrong, I've never taken the institute, but there's there's not a formula to it, but there's a structure to it. Like you're giving very tactical advice for how to leverage the platform. Whereas with Substack, my curiosity is, because knowing you and knowing how you feel about Substack, I'm guessing that the class is very supportive, but it's more open in someone finding. Well, I guess my question is, as someone who's creating a class around Substack, what is your approach to teaching people to using Substack? And how does that kind of answer Lisa's question in and of itself? Does that make any sense as a question? That's a really good question. And because, yeah, the way I've always approached it in the Insta retreat is here is like a menu of things that we know work to help grow your audience. Choose from it, but choose what works for you, what aligns with you. Like none of them are essentials. And that's, I mean, that works to an extent, but of course we're human. So as soon as someone tells you, well, these things work, that push and pull between, I just want to be myself. I just want to have creative expression versus like, well, I should be doing all these things. It's very difficult to kind of keep those in mind. The nice thing about Substack is there's not a ton of like tips and tricks. There's not a lot of hacks Mm. that you really need. And the things that work best are the things that used to work best on Instagram, which is showing up as a real human, telling your story effectively, creating kind of a compelling reason for people to stick around, whether it's like, you know, for me, it's my my French house. You're going to stick around because you want to see what happens next. But it can just as easily be like, you're selling them things that they've not heard before or they like you as a person or whatever else. So that's kind of where we're going in with the subsect soiree is like, this is your, it's called the soiree because this is your party. Come to the party. How, what party do you want to throw? Do you want it to be for, you know, the people who hang out in the kitchen and are always just talking to the cats? Is that your party? Do you want to invite everyone to come and sit with you in a field and write? Do you want to like just get together over cocktails and have a chat? Like, what does it look like for you? Let's start from there and build something that you love, that you want to show up for, that's like completely engaging and delightful to the people who see the world and love the world like you do. Does that answer the question? It does. It doesn't answer Lisa's question. No, but it, it kind of like, I feel like with everything in business, the advice you would give, any question someone would ever ask us, 
always comes back to, well, what's your why? Like whenever a client asks me a question, I always ask them, whatever they're asking me really is, we always have to go back to the why behind the question or the desire at the heart of the question. And I think it's the same with Substack. Like for me with Substack, I feel really at peace with how I use it because my why was literally to share the conversations I have with myself and to just write as me, like just be Jen and like have a space to write the things that that probably would have existed in an Instagram caption if I wanted to still be on Instagram as much as, but I don't. And I think it's like, no, because, you know, a, so a piece of Lisa's question is kind of, it's like kind of comparing it to like the, the quit your day job Etsy days and like it kind of hypes yeah. this up. And I do think that anyone saying like, start a Substack and make a hundred K, that's bullshit because no one can promise that. Unless like, you're already making a hundred K somewhere else with a broadcast platform of some kind, like exactly. a podcast or a column, then yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to be an overnight thing for for anyone. <laughs> But I also think like with a platform like Substack, I think it's good to be grounded and your own personal why has got to be bigger than anything else. But then I think you get to be hopeful and realistic. Like, yeah, you're probably not going to make like a ton of money within the first month of launching it. But does Substack as a platform have the ability to grow into a steady recurring income stream for you? Of course it does, because that's how it's built. And as you grow an audience, like you do anywhere, you build it up. Good content breeds growth that it was the tr- that's why Sarah and I are where we are today because we created content that connected with people a decade ago and it built an yeah. audience for us that we've just continued to pour into and grow over the years and I think that remains true for Substack all you need is one person to love your post and share it and then they share it with someone else and then and then it grows little by little and I think yeah it's not going to be this Substack's not going to mean that everyone in the world who wants to be a writer can become a writer and quit their day jobs but it does mean that there's now a platform for people to build up an income stream and it's not even just for writers I think it's a fantastic tool for podcasters in many ways I can't think of a better tool for podcasters as a place to monetize and connect with your audience but it gives us a place to connect and share even if you're more visually orientated you can share imagery or artwork and just share snippets behind the scenes of it it's such a fun playground and I think just because not everyone's going to grow to the extreme highs as some people doesn't mean that growth in very intentional meaningful growth isn't possible for you over time on this platform if you if you play with it and see where it takes you that's what I think anyway I completely agree and also like I think the design the monthly subscription model as it is at the moment where it's you know more of a low-cost subscription for people Lisa's absolutely right in that respect but the idea behind that is that it's in exchange for quite low touch low commitment right so like if you're already writing a regular email to people you still get to do that that's something you're already doing but now you might you know add a little extra something for your pay people so for example, my pay people, we just, most most of the time we just get together a few times a month and co-work. So I, I'm on Zoom, I'm there holding space and we get shit done and it works like magic. So like, that's just me working for a few hours a month that was already going to happen. It's not a huge time suck. It's not taking tons of my energy away from other projects. So it's scalable, not just in the sense that, oh, you need lots of audience members to make it pay, but also in the sense of like, this is not really taking me away from the other things I want to do in my business. It's not asking too much of me. So it's scalable, it's sustainable, it's something I can keep doing, whether 10 people subscribe or 10,000 people subscribe on the paid tier. It's not, you know, it's not something that's going to drain me and, and lead to burnout. And I think so many people have found that the social media cycle, the Instagram cycle, they were putting in more work than that. I know so many people who were putting in way more work than that on a daily basis into Instagram, getting nothing back in return, not getting paid for it, 
and winding up completely burned out because it wasn't sustainable. So this is kind of switching all of that on its head and going like, what if you just did something that lit you up, lit your people up, felt easy, felt full of joy, and you got paid for it? And if at the same time it it could be, you know, a, a seed planting mechanism for your business. I think of it as that, like a, a Substack is a way of kind of scattering your seeds in lots of new directions. And we don't always get to control how they turn out, right? We don't always get to know which ones are going to grow and where they're going to spring up and what's going to bloom from them. That's the that's the lesson that I think you and I can be comfortable with because you've been in the game for so long is we're not actually meant to control the outcome of every action we take in our business and creative work. We're supposed to show up with intention and experiment and follow our creative curiosities. The rest is actually not up to us. We just have to be in the arena creating opportunities for ourselves. I also think like how healing that Substack is built as a platform of low cost, low exchange. And what I mean by that is like, I bet everyone listening to this is overgiving in some area of their business because you are hustling for your self-worth or your safety because life is expensive and making a living as a self-employed person is petrifying and we're all overgiving or we're all putting something on our plate because that's how we need to make money but it's asking something of us that goes against our humanity I mean this is the heart of why I do my business is like how do we build human businesses that sustain us as much as they sustain us financially and Substack itself is a platform built rejecting that premise of give, 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 give and charge high, high amounts. Like conceptually, it's like pay me five pounds a month or six pounds a month and get like this one little delightful thing or these couple of little delightful get things. Get a coffee's worth, right? Like, because I mean, as a coffee five pounds, it is depending on where you go. Get a coffee's worth in exactly. exchange. And how gentle and healing is that when I I honestly imagine everyone listening to this is overgiving in some area of their life, seeking out safety or self-worth. And it's just business is draining. And is Substack going to become, could it become everyone's main income source? Perhaps not. But for some people it can. And for some people it can sustain different parts of your business and different parts. You know, the heart of Lisa's what question is- What if it is, just bought you like- A like, holiday. Like a, like yeah, a little weekend a holiday away somewhere. Once a year. What if it just paid for your electricity bill increase? Like, you know, it doesn't have to be your whole revenue stream if it's not your whole time and your whole commitment. And maybe it can pay for five more hours a month from your VA to free up some other energy yeah, in your business. childcare. From childcare, yeah. Or like health, or like health stuff you want to invest in. Like, and you know, the heart of Lisa's question is like, is Substack right for their business? And if so, are they doing it right? And I think the question is, the question isn't is Substack right for my business the question is how do I want to use Substack as a platform for my business I think that's the only like because you can use it in so many different ways and am I doing it right the only reason the only way you would possibly doing it wrong is if you're not doing it from a way that actually feels right to you I can you think of any ways so the only way I'm trying to think what would be someone I think the only way I could think if someone was doing Substack quote-unquote wrong is if they were trying too hard to use it as content marketing I think that would be a turn off for me as a reader like I'm trying to picture do you know like if one of the people a big brand joined Substack Mm -hmm. and just made it really markety and how awful that would feel but I definitely I think a big brand could join and make it really good but sorry by the way if you can hear crazy noises it's just absolutely started pouring down (laughs) I yeah, love it. It was hot and I had all the windows You're going to get petrochrol. I love petrochrol. Petrochrol. It's a beautiful word. Yeah, that's the only way I think. And even then that might be right for some people, right? Some people might really want to follow Burger King. Yeah. And read, so I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully not. But yeah, what is right for my business? That's it. So the question isn't, is Substack right for my business? The, the real question is, what is right for my business? And mm-hmm. as soon as you know what that is, you can create that on Substack if you want, or you can create it anywhere else in the world that you want. 
just giving yourself that freedom and not falling into the trap of going straight into what are the rules god we love rules so much don't we and we're so used to that like safe. i'll just google the rules and follow them yeah they we think that's what safety is and it's it's all that does is keep us locked into we lock we lock out we lock out our creativity when we look for too many rules i think and i think substack is a platform that thrives on creativity and voice and energy not on following rules and this was actually what made keely and i bond so keely who i'm running the substack Sparrow with I met her. She won a giveaway. She won some coaching with me in a giveaway and we chatted for her sessions. And at the end of the second one, I was like, Keely, do you want to run a class with me? Which on paper is such a bad idea. I don't recommend that you just meet someone and go into business with them at all. But she has that same combination that I am obsessed with of like human centered, heart centered, story centered but also like strategically curious and always kind of going, but why does that work? And Mm. turning that back to why does it work for humans? And so our biggest aim with the Subsect Soiree is to equip people who maybe feel like they don't have anything to say or they feel like they're not writers or they feel like they have to do it right and have to know all the rules to realize that actually Subsect is the perfect place to leave all of that behind and like find people who want, you exactly as you are like the Keely's whole thing is that the stories we tell other people are the stories that we tell ourselves Mm. and it's about storytelling it's about humans it's about real people and I think that's right for everybody's business I can't think of anyone listening who would have a business that didn't lend itself to that like because you have a behind the scenes you have a humanity you have problems and, and strengths and great days and bad days and launches and everything else in between and the big businesses don't. So they're, they're going to struggle with this one in a way that we won't. Yeah, it's the human. That's what I love on Substack. You know, one of Lisa's questions, like, would I ever see Substack as a meaningful income stream for my business? And honestly, with my solo, like my conversations I have with myself, I literally have no plans for it. Like I literally, when I want to, my goal is just, my desire was to publish like weekly. And then, I'm not really so to that, but like once or twice a month, that is like my goal. Um and I have no plans for it just because that's what it needs to be it, for me it needs to be this like spacious open-ended like I'm just writing on there and I love that there's something fresh within my content that just feels really simple and spacious but let us like we're, we're monetizing this like we've we have a paid membership like we we publish private episodes every month like I definitely could see the letters paid tier becoming like recurring monthly revenue for you and I Sarah so I think for us we're monetizing a podcast um and I definitely can see its potential here so when I put my business brain on I can definitely see the potential of this platform and then also I it's kind of interesting for us because we've got two well I've got two pies on Substack and you've got three really with the Substack sorry and we'll kind of get to see different models to try different things different intentions it's kind of fun to have two different perspectives on Substack on the two different places I publish on there Yeah, definitely. And like, that's it. Like one is right for you, the human one is right for you, the business. And, and those things might change one day. You might suddenly be like, actually, I feel really called to do something for this community I've built around, you know, but until you do, there's no, I think there's no amount of money that will make it worth it because we've tried that before, right? We've all tried selling out and, and monetizing every single aspect of our lives online in order to make ends meet. And we've, realize how unsustainable that is yeah and I just I one of the things I've loved that you've um so in the lead up to the subject story you shared like is it like a canva pack for like making it yeah. making it pretty 
yeah making basically that's it if you wanted to make your substack pretty here's how should we put a link we'll put a link to that in the show notes if people want to check yeah it's a out. freebie so yeah it's it's i've seen like you, you shared how people have used it and it makes because i love how substack is really minimal as well i love how yeah it's so simple you don't need a lot of design skills like you just it's really minimal it's really simple there's like three different ways you can have your homepage look it's it is really delightful i have no complaints about substack whatsoever i don't know my only complaint is like i just want more people to follow over there <laughs> yeah although there's a point like now I'm following like a hundred publications and I can't read them all and I'm starting to be like oh no I'm gonna have to have a cull which (laughs) is gonna feel awful but I know they're even looking at that you know they're looking at like what different levels do we want from people because maybe some people you just want to follow for certain things and not for everything and so there's so much potential there's so many ways it can go and I think that that knowing that's really good because it reminds us we don't have to we don't have to have the answers right now because they don't even have the answers and if you were to go right now right definitely so it's like is this for me it's only ever going to be this for me then you you're not going to be able to adapt as the platform changes so better to go in with curiosity and playfulness and enjoy it and be like hey what what do I want to do with it what feels good for me right now and what feels good for my audience and and keep playing and keep experimenting yeah and if you're standing on the fence like well I don't know if this is worth my time and energy the only really important question is like is this something I want to give time is the ex- the unknown experiment and curiosity of Substack worth my energy am I at peace with the energy and time that would ask of me like for me I remember when I started my Substack and I was already in a place where like I've been streamlining my business and I've been like really creating as much spaciousness as I can because being a working mother and having chronic health stuff it's all a lot and I remember Alex my husband asking me he was like oh like you're trying to cut back on stuff but you're adding this new thing onto your plate and I was like yeah but this this is giving me energy like every time I write something for Substack like I just get to go into my zone draft something on my phone find a picture upload it and it, it's giving me energy to do so because I'm doing it at a pace that is completely on my own terms. And so for me, it's so worth it because Substack doesn't ask anything of me. I just give it to what I want to give to it. And then it's delightful to connect with people in the comments. And I, so if someone's asking like, is Substack right for my business? You, we don't know yet, but I truly, I've, yeah. I, Sarah and I have worked with thousands of people between us and I've never seen someone intentionally experiment with something and it not lead them to somewhere beautiful, even if the, what it leads them to isn't what they expected. So, if, so true. If, if your curiosity is pulling you and if you feel like you have the capacity and a desire, you can't have all the answers of what it's going to turn out like. But I think if you do it with intention and I think if you do it with curiosity and creativity, you can trust that perhaps it's inviting you there for a reason. I don't know, Sarah, but if, I feel like because you're, you're spending so much time in Substack at the moment, is there anything we haven't said about Substack that you would love to share with our listeners today? I think the last thing I want to say is do not join Substack out of scarcity or fear or panic. You know, if you're hearing me talk about it endlessly and other people are on it and you're starting to think I'm going to miss the boat, that is not a good reason to add it to your workload and to your agenda. Like not, and I don't mean that in some purist, like Substack doesn't deserve it. I mean, you don't deserve that. You do not deserve to feel burnt out and show up somewhere that you don't want to be. And it, you will not miss the boat. Like it's new. It's it's still going to stick around. And even if you never went to Substack, you can still have a thriving, beautiful, perfect business. So reasons to join or you feel like Jen said, curious. It feels like it could be something that you've been missing. It feels like it might fill a hole. Maybe you're feeling done with other social media platforms. If that's you, come on over. Join. If you follow on the Substack soiree, you'll get all of our freebies and guides to setting up and getting started. And I will hold your hand and just find people, find people who you want to interact with. And if it's not for you, I give you 
official permission right now to not join Substack at all, to not give it a second thought, to know that you've made the perfect decision for you and to keep focusing on the stuff that really does feel right for you. I'm so glad you said that because it would be so easy to listen to this episode and be like, I now have to be on. So it's like, no, if, yeah. if nothing I think, feels aligned. For you, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? Do you remember when I first said to you, I think you should be on Substack? And I think your response was a little bit like, to- oh. yeah, you were a bit like, <laughs> the last thing I need right now, Sarah, is another platform. I thought you were my friend. <laughs> I was like, no, you, you, this is what I'm like. I was like, no, no, thank you. And then, and then <laughs> the, um, the, you, and then I got it, 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 I had to get excited by the thought of it. And honestly, the little pieces that I've written for Substack have given me so much energy. And, but it's, but when it was a no for me, it was a no. And, and but that's the worst a good instinct, I think. A good instinct where you were like, just because Sarah says I should be on a platform is not, I'm not just going to go and join another platform because I don't have capacity. And it was only when it kind of proved itself to you that you were like, okay, fine, I will write for you then. <laughs> it's when I, it's when it lit me up and it's yeah. when it, I understood why I was doing it and it's, it's delightful on there. And I think it's just, yeah. I, and if they, if someone wants support now, Sarah's got, like I said, she's got all that amazing advice over on the subject. So when does the class open? The class is opening so when this episode goes out, it will be going on pre-sale in a week. The 14th, we're looking at or around about then to do like early birds for people who already know it's for them. And it's going to start in September. And oh my God, I'm just, I don't want to give too much away, but I'm so excited. We've made such a beautiful thing and doing it with Keely is just doubled the value of anything I can offer. So I feel like this is the most valuable thing we've ever made. I'm so excited for you. And I'm sure in our next private podcast episode, we'll share all the juicy details of how that launch goes. Which will be Yeah, exciting. yeah. I'll either be celebrating or crying. So. <laughs> I'm really space. sorry for my F-bomb. I'll ask my husband to beep it out in case any of you have children in the room. I, uh, I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, well, we will, in the private episode, we will share more juicy behind the scenes of what's been going on, how Sarah's launch goes and what's going on with us. Submissions are always, always, always open for questions. And we've got so many more letters than we have space for episodes. So when we have capacity, we do want to do like little mini drops of just like pep talks for certain questions. So just bear with us until yeah. we have capacity for that. So if you set in a question and we haven't done it, hopefully we will get around to many of them in different ways as well. Yeah, I think we'll do some voice notes maybe and some written yeah. ones and, That's what we're and all sorts of ideas. But I hope this episode was encouraging. Lisa, thank you for your question. And as always, Sarah, it was a joy to record with you. Likewise. I'll see you on Substack. I'll see you on Substack. Bye. Bye. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We are going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon.